Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 3rd, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus. I started this series on January 2nd. Here we are, May 3rd, still talking about miracles. And so we've been going through the miracles of Jesus. And and I'm telling you, I pray that your faith is being built up. This is part 74 of the overall series. 74 messages about the miracles, the the miracle working power of God. There's there's a, a river, there's a song that we sing that says, there's a river of miracles flowing. Yes, Lord, I thank you for your miracle working power. And may your miracle working power manifest in the lives of the people that are listening to me right now. I pray, Father, even now that whatever they stand in need of, even before we get started in the message, whatever they stand in need of. Father, manifest your glory in their lives. May may you manifest your glory in their lives in such a way to where you will get the maximum glory out of it, to where nobody will be able to question that it was you, that you alone are God and you did it. You did it for them. You did it through them. And everybody would have to acknowledge that there's a God in heaven because of what you're doing in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I feel like preaching already. Listen, this is part 74 of the miracles of Jesus, part 16 of Lazarus. The title of today's message is Maximum Glory. Put in the chat, Maximum Glory. God wants maximum glory. I'm talking about maximum glory. God will do it in such a way to where there's no question that it was God. When God does it, he will do it in such a way to where there is no question. Put in the chat, no question that it was God. Get ready to receive the word. All right, so we're about to get into the word. Listen, somebody else uh, put in the chat because we prayed for Shakela Smith's daughter uh, before I went live, before the you know uh, we had like a pre-stream. Um, so we prayed for Shakela Smith's daughter, but then somebody else said, hey, pray for my daughter too. Let's do this. Before I get into the actual teaching this morning, let's just set our faith in agreement for children, for all of our children. Y'all ready? Let's just pray for our children real quick, and then we'll get into the message. I, I just feel led to do that. Father, we lift up uh, uh, every person that's watching now live, those who will watch later. I lift up their children and their children's children. We establish a hedge of protection round about them. We command angels. You give and we give angels charge over them to keep them in all their ways. In their pathway is life and there is no death, no destruction. A thousand can fall at their side, 10,000 at their right hand, but it shall not come nigh them. Why? Because we dispatch angelic protection and we have made you the most high, even our dwelling place and our habitation. So we've opened up an altar in our homes and we established a, a refuge for our children to be taught of you. We declare great is the peace of our children, for they are taught of you, Father. As they go to school, I pray that their minds will be alert, their bodies will be awake, and they will be focused. I pray, Father, that our children will be able to digest, process, analyze, understand, comprehend everything as it relates to their education, that they will not be, uh, they will not be influenced negatively. They will be the influencers, that they will be light and salt in a dark, dying, and decaying world. Our children walk in holiness and righteousness. Their feet are bound to the path that you established for them from the foundations of the world. So we release the blessing over them. And Father, whatever they have to do, exams, uh, uh, if they're taking tests in this season, Father, that you would give them supernatural recall, that they will be able to do well uh, in their examinations, that they will be able to pass every test and pass every grade in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Listen, I just felt led to do that. It had nothing to do with my message, but now we're about to get started. Y'all ready? Say amen to that. Put in the chat, amen to that. All right, here we go. Psalms 126 and verse four, before we get into the actual teaching in John 11, 
This is a scripture we've been looking at every day. Let me look at it again. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Put it in the chat. Say, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. No matter, look at me, no matter what area of your life has gone dry in this season, Whatever area of your life is dry in this season, God is going to refresh you again. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. Dry hearts will be drenched again. Say amen to that. All right, so let's get into the, to the actual miracle that we've been looking at, John chapter 11. We've been uh, looking at this for a while now, for over three weeks. Yesterday, we saw that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So be, now he's alive. You can say, well, Rick, now you can move on. Well, there's a, f a few things I still want to talk about. Uh, before closing out the story, there's a few points I want to make. And one of them is about maximum glory. I've taught this point before, and I'm going to give you a testimony about this tomorrow. The Lord already told me I have a story with Isabella that I need to tell about maximum glory, but I'm not going to tell it today. I'm going to tell it tomorrow. All right. So let's talk about Lazarus and maximum glory. We know that Jesus waited. Say he waited. Jesus waited until Lazarus had been dead for four days before he showed up. Jesus waited until Lazarus had been dead for four days until he showed up. Why, why did he wait? Well, we're going to talk about that today. So here we go. It was a uh, Jewish custom, uh, basically under like customs and, and routines. It was a Jewish custom not to legally pronounce death until the fourth day. Why? Because some people believe that the spirit of, of a person hovered over the body for three days. And that some way, somehow, the person can still come back to life. And so those who believed in this superstition had somewhat of a counter argument against the two resurrections that Jesus had performed before this one. Remember, he raised, he stopped the funeral procession for the widow, the widow in name, and her husband had died and now her son died. And in a male-dominated society, she was in a real bad situation. We already covered this miracle, but Jesus stopped the funeral procession and raised the, the young man back to life right there in front of everybody, and everybody was blown away, right? He was in the casket, and he popped, popped up out of the casket. Okay, boom, that's, that's one. But he had not been dead for four days. Then we have Jairus' daughter. You remember Jairus? When Jairus came to Jesus and was like, hey, my daughter lies at the point of death, but if you would come lay hands on her, she shall recover, she shall live. Jesus said, let's go. Jesus is walking. Jairus is walking. The disciples is walking. And then the whole crowd followed because church folk are nosy. And then here comes this woman with the issue of blood. She breaks through the crowd. She touches him. And then Jesus has a whole conversation with her. And the Bible says that she told her story. She gave her testimony. While she was giving her testimony, Jairus' daughter died. Oh, wow. She's dead now. Jesus was like, be not afraid, only believe. Keep believing. We got this. No big deal. He got to the house, kicked out the people that were crying and laughing at him. He raised, he laid hands on the daughter. She came back to life, but she had just died. So you can make the argument, well, the spirit of the, the body, the spirit of the person hovers over the body for three days. Maybe this person wasn't really dead. Maybe that person wasn't really dead. Okay, fine. If that's what you believe, how about we wait until Lazarus is dead for four days? <laughs> that way we have no confusion, right? God does, God, I'm talking about maximum glory. And so, so he waited until Lazarus had been dead for four days. So at, after that, now when, when he gets there, when did Jesus show up? After four days. 
So Jesus showed up after the professional mourners had come and gone, basically. The only people left mourning were, were, were the friends. And Jesus showed up after the body was already wrapped up in grave clothes and put in the tomb. Jesus showed up after the tomb was sealed with a large stone. That is, Jesus showed up after rigor mortis was already setting in and the body was thinking by now. Jesus showed up after all human hope was gone. Nobody was believing at that point. So when Jesus showed up, nobody... It, it was beyond their capacity to believe God. When Jesus showed up, he was like, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believeth thou this? They couldn't get it. They couldn't believe it because it was beyond their capacity to believe God. Listen, Jesus showed up when all human hope was gone. Jesus showed up. He waited until the situation was so dead that nobody could ever attribute it to anyone else it was God and it had to be God and he got maximum glory out of the situation. I want you to know that, that no matter how dead a situation seems in your life, no matter how much you have factored out, like that's it, like it, it's, it's beyond hope. Once you factor God in, once God says, no, I want to get involved. Once you factor God in, then you have to factor everything else out. <laughs> and so it's, put this in the chat. Here's a formula. You plus God equals victory. You plus God equals victory every time. And so when God says, no, 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 I want to get involved, then that's it. Every human hope, every human limitation, everything that the doctor said, the lawyer said, the bank said, doesn't matter. The school said, factor all of that out if God wants to get involved. When Jesus said, I want to get involved, that's it. You got to factor every, Lord, the body's thinking by now. It's been four days factor all of that out. Once you factor God in, you have to factor everything else out. Why? Because God is God. And when he does it, then, then he will get maximum glory out of the situation. Say amen to that. So what does this mean for you today? You know me, I did all that just to set this up. Now I can start teaching. Y'all ready? Three things. Number one, here we go. God wants all the glory. There's a song that we sing, all the glory belongs to you, all the, all the glory belongs to you, oh God. Put in the chat, all the glory belongs to you. Listen, God wants maximum glory. Where, where do we get this from? We get this from the Ten Commandments. The first commandment of the Ten Commandments says, you shall have no other gods before me. This is Exodus 20 and 3. You shall have no other gods before me. Our God reserves the place of God for himself. All the glory belongs to him. All the glory belongs to God, right? God is God and there is no other God. Besides him, there is no other. It's not like, well, God is one of God. No, no, he's the only God, right? He sits on the circle of the earth. God, he's the God who, who, who spoke to chaos and created order. He's the God who spoke to darkness and created light. He's the God who spoke everything into existence. He is God. And besides him, there is no other. And he wants all the glory. Our God is a jealous God. Put that in the chat. This is Exodus 34 and 14. Our God is a jealous God. The Bible says, for thou, watch this, Exodus 34 and 14, for you shall worship no other God. For the Lord, our God, is jealous. He is a jealous God. God doesn't want you worshiping no other God. No, no. He is a jealous God. And watch this. Because there is glory connected to God, wherever God is, the glory is there. Then watch this. He wants all the glory for himself. He reserves that for himself. He doesn't want you to give his glory to any other little G gods. And he doesn't want you to give his glory to anyone else either. He doesn't want you to be attributing what he did to your boss or to your friend or to the bank. Oh, no, no, no. It has to be God. You need to be able to give God the glory. 
glory. God will do it in such a way to where he will be glorified. I'm talking about maximum glory. Say amen to that. God, watch this, is okay. I love this arrangement. God is okay with you enjoying the benefits, but he wants the glory. You can take the benefits, but you should never take the glory. All the glory, all the credit belongs to him. So this is the arrangement. I understood this from God many years ago and has been working for me for a long time. Uh, don't, he gets the glory, I get the benefits. That's the arrangement. He gets the glory, I get the benefits. Don't ever make the mistake of taking God's glory. Don't ever make the mistake of taking God's credit. Ooh, that's not a good place to be. Don't ever make the mistake of taking the glory of the credit and giving it to somebody else that wasn't God. Mm, that's not a good place to be. He gets the glory, we get the benefits. I see uh, Jay Santiago is watching. Craig Watts is watching. Y'all know how when, in, when I was in the army, when I was in the military, if we were, if I was getting promoted or getting some type of award, let's say I was in the Pentagon, I'm getting promoted or getting some type of award, and we go to the Hall of Heroes, and all of these people show up, and when all of these people show up in the Pentagon and they fill this room, and there's a program with my name on it, and all of these people showed up in honor of me, and I'm standing there, and the, and the program has my name on it, the program has my picture on it, the program has my bio on it, all of these people are there for Rick Pena, all of these people are there for me, and when the spotlight is on me and, and, and people say nice things about me. And when they say, okay, now Rick, we get to hear from you. And now, now everybody showed up for me. My name is on the program. My picture is there. Everybody and the spotlight is on me. When all of that is on me, the first thing that better come out of your mouth is First of all, giving honor to God, I give all the glory to God. Without him, I am nothing. When the spotlight is on you, you deflect that glory, all right, back, back to God. No, 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 God, I don't want your credit. I don't want your glory. I take the benefits. I'll take the promotion. I'll take the money. I'll take the, but I don't want the glory. No, 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 no. You are a jealous God, and all the glory belongs to you. So when the spotlight is on me, I'm quick to deflect that glory right back to God. Come on now. All the glory belongs to him. All the glory belongs to you, oh God. You give God the glory you take the benefits. I like that arrangement. I love the benefits, but he gets the glory. And so I, I, I am not a self-made man. I did not pull myself up by my own bootstraps. No, no, no. I'm a God-made man. God made me say amen to that. Everything that I am and everything that I'm not, it all belongs to him. I put everything in his hands. I'm, it's all about God. I live the grace life. I, I, don't, I don't claim to be the smartest, the strongest, the fastest, the best. None of this. If God makes, if I'm the best at anything, it's by the grace of God. Anything that I'm able to do is the grace of God. Why? Because all the glory belongs to him. So whenever God blesses you, make sure that you give him the glory. God has no problem. Now watch this. Let me just say this before I move on to the next point. If you are quick to give him the glory, if whenever the situation, that spotlight, that ceremony, your name is on it, all of that, you're quick to give him the glory. If in every circumstance and situation, you're quick to give him the glory, God will set up a bunch of those situations for you. God will keep giving you promotion, advancement, acceleration, increase, greater levels of responsibility and accountability. Why? Because the more he elevates you, the more you glorify him. The more he elevates you, the more you glory. I'm a witness, y'all. And so if, if you are committed to giving him the glory, then God will be committed to giving you the benefits. And I'm telling you, that's a great arrangement. It's been working for me for years. Say amen to that. Y'all ready? All right. Oh, glory to God. All right, number two. That was all number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alicia um, Johnson said, you be preaching. Look, forget it. I feel like preaching this morning. I know I'm preaching already. Praise God. Let's go for it. All right. Number two. Y'all ready for number two? Because it is God's nature to get the glory. And I just taught you that he, all the glory belongs to him. So because it is in God's nature to get the glory, God sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, 
God sometimes does not step in until the situation is so beyond human possibility that he will get the maximum glory from it. That's what I'm talking about today is maximum glory. So sometimes, watch this, sometimes God will wait until the situation gets so bad, so ridiculous, so humanly impossible that he knows that if I show up now, I'm going to get all the glory. If I show up now, then he's not going to be able to give that glory to anybody else. If I show up now, everybody's going to know it wasn't him because he's not that, mm -mm, he's not that good. He's not that smart. So if I show up now, I will get all the glory because it is beyond human ability. See, when God manifests his glory and his power after all human possibility is gone, after you take all of the humanity and you factor that out, right? Doctors can't do it. Lawyers can't do it. The bank already said, no, we already know you're not that smart. So as, as we factor all of these things out, when God does it now, no one will be able to confuse the fact that it was God. No, you won't be able to confuse God with anyone else. At that point, you cannot give God's glory to a doctor or a lawyer or a friend or anyone else at that point. You can't even take the credit yourself. At that point, everyone will know that there was divine intervention. Everyone will know at that point, man, that that was God, that there's something on her, there's something on him, and it's something that is unexplainable, and that something has to be someone, and that someone is God. Jesus waited until Lazarus had been dead for four days until he arrived on the scene. Now, Jesus was ready to raise him back to life, and I, as I already explained, Jesus had already raised two people from the dead, right? But they were not dead long enough for there to be no question. Say no question. God would do it in such a way that there's no question that it was him. And so when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, after he had been dead for four days, there was no question that it was God and it was God alone. As a matter of fact, come on theologians, as a matter of fact, the Bible says after this miracle, the fame of Jesus went abroad like never before. Like the fame, the glory went out like never before to the point where the Pharisees and the Sadducees said, that's it. This is the straw that broke the camel's back. We got to kill this dude. They decided like they already had wanted to kill him, but this was, this was it. Why? Because this miracle was unlike any other miracle. It was maximum glory. I mean, this was like beyond, this was like mind blown. Four days, dude. The guy had been dead for four days. His body was thinking, all of that. And Jesus did it now. Holy moly. I mean, think about it. I'm thinking about my, my uncle just passed away. And it was like, oh, it hasn't, I think it hasn't even been four days. It's been three days. But, or almost four. But even now, like if, if God raised him from the dead now, like no, I mean, my family has already moved on. Like my family, where well, they already had the funeral, they already like, they've been praying. No, no, it's been more than four days. But but after four days, if, if God raises them now, holy moly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's beyond like, that's what God did. And God will do it like that. God will do some, sometimes God will do something in your life to where it is so crazy. To where you're like, oh my God, this is, God is so good. Like, I mean, like you have to give him all the glory. So no matter how dead your situation seems, listen, if God shows up and God says, I, I want to get involved now. If God wants to get involved, even after all human hope is gone, after human possibilities are gone, all the world's possibilities have been factored out. If God says, no, but I'm still God and I want to do something, you got to believe God. Why? Because he can do it. And if he does it now, can you imagine? What a testimony. If he does it now, can you imagine? What are people going to say? So it's easy to say, oh, there's nothing too hard for God. But do you really believe that though? Like, I mean, like if you're in a situation where all human hope is gone. It really seems like a dead situation, but God does it now. Can you imagine the testimony? People say, oh, I want to, I want to have a great testimony. 
Yeah, but you got to go through some great tests. Great, put that in the chat. Great tests require great testimonies. I mean, great testimonies require great tests. You can't have a great testimony without a great test. People want to have all these stories and all these testimonies. Yeah, but you got to go through something to have that. Like, I mean, you actually have to go through it. So, so my question is this, as I move on to my next point, will you take a, a chance on God? If God shows up in something in your life, I don't know what it is, but it just seems like that, that's even so painful. I don't even want to think about it anymore, but God is bringing it back up to the forefront of your mind. Will you take a chance on God? Open it back up. Take him to the place where you stop leaving. Roll away the stone. Show him your heart. Say, Lord, that hurt. I don't even want to talk about it no more because that was very painful. I cried till I ran out of tears. It's like, okay, son. Okay, daughter, take a chance on me. Open it back up. Let me do it. And watch this. It's going to be a great testimony. Maximum glory. Say amen to that. All right. Number three, last point for today. And then I'll let you go. Embrace the process that leads to maximum glory. Now, let me say this. I'm going to, I have a great testimony about this. I'm going to tell you this story tomorrow. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. Um, oh, snap. Wait a minute. Let me pause real quick. Let me explain. I actually have to go to New York City tomorrow morning. So I'm going to have to have, I'll have a message to go out while I'm flying. I'm going to have a message to go out at 7 a.m. It won't be the, t the story I'm I want to tell. So I'll tell that story on Friday morning. Friday morning, I'll tell you that story. All right. Anyway, I, I didn't want you to show up tomorrow morning and be like, Rick lied. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I got it. You, you'll get a message tomorrow. It won't be the one I'm talking about. And then on Friday morning, I'll tell you the story. All right. Number three, last point for today. Embrace the process that leads to God getting maximum glory. So sometimes as believers, we got to go through some stuff. Sometimes the, the, our, the path to our destiny is not, was never promised to be easy. So sometimes when we go through a period of waiting or challenges or trials or obstacles or tr whatever, sometimes you don't even appreciate the magnitude of God's power until you go through that. So, like people want to know God as a healer. Nobody really wants to be sick though. People want to know God as a provider, but nobody really wants to be in lack though. But when God does it and you actually go through that situation and you actually have something where the doctors gave you a report and they say that, you know, there's, there's all they can do and all that stuff. And then God does it, you know, man, the testimony is great, but nobody really wants to go through that. But it is these, these circumstances and situations that we go through that really teach us the magnitude of God's power. This was the greatest miracle. But man, a family had to go through that. Like Mary, Martha, Lazarus had to die. Mary and Martha had to mourn. They cried. Oh my God, I can only imagine what they went through. Now, great, great testimony, but also great test. So the process that we go through for the testimonies, it strengthens our faith. And, and not only will it strengthen our faith, but it will serve our life will then become a testimony for other people. God will be able to, to use us for his glory. People will be able to see the hand of God, the grace of God, the power of God, the anointing of God in, with, and through us. Why? Because we will be reflections of God's glory in this world because we actually go through some stuff. You can't just know God in a book. Remember, our journey is not only for our benefit. Ooh, put that in the chat. Say, my journey is not just for my benefit. At the end of the day, what you go through, and God has explained this to me many times on many occasions, there's some things that Isabella and I have endured, and some of it were, was painful. And then God then turned around and used that, those experiences and what we learned for us to minister to other people. Now, I would rather God teach it to me in a book, but we've experienced some things in real life, a lot of it painful that we now can turn around and minister to other people. And when we're ministering to other people about it, it becomes a, a greater level of, 
of uh, credibility because we've actually been through it, right? So our life story is not just for us. We're supposed to be epistles, walking epistles. We're supposed to be walking, talking billboards for Jesus. So our life story is not just for our benefit. So yes, there's some things that you're going to go through that wasn't even about you. There's some things that you're going to go through because there will be a circumstance or a situation where you need to use that experience to be a blessing to other people. And since we live to glorify God, we just got to put our life in his hands and just accept it all, good and bad, up and down. I'm just going to walk with God and I have the grace to be me. I have the grace to, to enjoy the, the experiences that are pleasant and I have the grace to endure when the experiences are painful. Put in the chat, pleasant or painful, I have the grace for it. You got it? I know this is not what, what you want me to say, and I know people would rather me not talk about this, but I mean, this is real talk, y'all. This is, as a believer, God never promised you a perpetual picnic, and as a believer, God never promised that everything was going to be easy. He just promised to be with you and to give you the grace for it. So God wants to use you as a testimony, but God can't use you as a testimony if you're not willing to go through anything. If you're not willing to endure like a good soldier, hardship for Christ Jesus. So in moments of doubt and in despair, you got to remind yourself this as I close, God is still working. Put in the chat, say God is still working. You got to remind yourself that God is still God. God is still working and that God is working behind the scenes. And when he does it, he's going to get maximum glory. Say maximum glory. Say, Lord, I want you to have maximum glory from my life. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I encourage you today. I also gave you some sobering reminders that life with Christ is not always going to be easy. But you know what? I have to preach the whole counsel of God. I'm not just here to make you feel good. I'm here to build you up in your most holy faith so that you can be the man or the woman that God has called you to be and so that you can endure and overcome by the grace of God so that whatever comes your way, you have the grace for it. You got it? Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. You have reminded me this morning that there's nothing too hard for you and there's nothing impossible for you. Lots of things are impossible with me, <laughs> but when you get involved, human limits can no longer dictate the outcome. You are the God who dictates outcomes. So no matter how bad any situation gets, I will keep believing trusting, and operating in faith. I will never say a situation is dead until you tell me to move on. One word from you can turn any seemingly dead situation around. And when you do, you will get maximum glory. So I give my life to you, Father. Use me for your glory, even if it means that I have to endure difficult situations in the process. In the end, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow you have another one, and I'm going to tell you this story on Friday. Don't miss it. Uh, but listen, apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, you get my notes for free. Why would you not get my notes? Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Put in the chat right now, maximum glory. Put in the chat. Listen, I want to hear from you. So in the chat, leave me some comments on how this message has been a blessing to you or this series has been a blessing to you. And then number two, share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Greater is coming for you. 
I'll see you on the next one. I love you. Walk in the blessing. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.